Praise God. Amazing grace. Amen. He's, he's been in the hospital since Sunday. Did you get out yesterday or today? Yesterday. And, uh, but uh, praise God. Good to see you here tonight. And uh, God has, has touched him. He's looking better and feeling better. We thank the Lord for that. Amen. Let me share a little bit with you tonight. If you remember where we are on Wednesday night, we're still talking about prayer. I hope that's okay because we probably will be for a little while. And uh, don't think we can get too much of that. But we're talking about, <clears throat> about the Lord's Prayer right now. Lord, teach us to pray was our, was our theme for about five messages. And then uh, we are, uh, are, are talking about the Lord's Prayer here uh, in Luke chapter 11. If you want to turn there, Luke chapter 11 and then in Matthew chapter 6. And I probably, for time's sake, won't take the time to read all those scriptures because you know them and we can quote them. But um, uh, in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, came to pass he was, as Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, and then he gives the pattern of prayer. When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And Matthew says, For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen and amen. So Jesus, in response to the request of his disciples to teach them to pray, Jesus gives them what we know as the Lord's Prayer, which as I said last week is not, is not a prayer to be just repeated or, or you know, just by rope, you know, just to go over it and over it and over it. And some people do that. And uh, we can all quote it. We've all known it since... Uh, you know, since we were kids in Sunday school, probably learned this, this prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And a lot of people, that's all they do pray. That's their prayer life. They pray the Lord's Prayer. And, um, but Jesus didn't give it for that purpose, just to be something that we recite or that we sing. And there's a song, it's even, and it's a beautiful song, to sing the Lord's Prayer. But Jesus gave, what He gave here was a pattern for prayer. He gave us a pattern. They ask Him, Lord, teach us to pray. And so He gives them this pattern to go by in their prayer life, and which I, I believe is, is also uh, a good pattern for us to follow. It's a Bible pattern. I think it's good to have a pattern to pray and not, not, just, not just go into prayer and just pray willy-nilly. You know what I'm talking about? Just scatter prayer, shotgun prayer but to have, have a focus and a pattern to go by. So many times people say, well, I don't know what to say when I pray. Well, Jesus gives us a pattern here to go by so that we'll have an idea what to pray. And as I told you last week in, in, in um, the conclusion of the message last week, that, um, that in this pattern of prayer, Jesus gives six prayer topics for us to pray through. The rabbis, the Jewish rabbis would teach by topic, by outline, and they would have an outline of 
points or topics that they would teach on each one. And so that's what Jesus was doing here in teaching on prayer. He was giving us a pattern or an outline for prayer. There's a lot of different patterns for prayer. I don't know how many of y'all have ever studied any of that, but um, there's, there's some teaching out there on the tabernacle pattern of prayer. Has anybody ever heard of the tabernacle pattern of prayer? Just me, okay. Well, you know, there's the tabernacle pattern of prayer where you go in and you, and you come to the brazen altar and that's the, that's the cross. And then you go to the laver, that's the word where you wash and get clean. Then you go to the uh, holy place and there's the, the menorah, the candlestick, and there's the altar of incense. And Anyway, you wind up in the holy of holies. So people pray through that pattern of prayer. It helps them to pray. There's another pattern of prayer I've saw before, and uh, it's called the Acts pattern. Has anybody heard of the Acts? A-C-T-S, Acts pattern of prayer. A lot of people use that. It's easy to remember. A is adoration. C is confession. Uh, T is thanksgiving, and S is supplication. So, you know, that's a little pattern that people use, and there's nothing wrong with that, but I just feel like that the best ones, the one Jesus. How can you improve on what Jesus did? How can you improve on what Jesus said? I mean, if Jesus said, here's your pattern for prayer, then uh, I believe that it'd be good for us to follow that pattern. So these topics are to be followed. Now listen, under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And as you're praying through this pattern, and we're going to go through this in the next few weeks, and as you're praying through this pattern, you will begin to see um, that these topics are to be prayed under the direction of the Holy Spirit. So you can follow this outline of prayer at, to help you in your discipline, the discipline area of prayer in your life. Now last week we talked about there must be a desire for prayer. Then once you have the desire for prayer, then there's a discipline to prayer. You have to discipline yourself to pray. This prayer, prayer pattern will help you to discipline yourself every day to pray. And once you discipline yourself, then prayer becomes a delight, not a drudgery. Prayer should not be a drudgery because prayer is fellowship and communion with your heavenly Father, your Creator, your God. So, so prayer shouldn't be a drudgery. You know, people say, well, has it come to that? Do we have to pray now? Has it got that bad that we have to pray? Well, <laughs> we should never, we should never, prayer, listen, prayer should never be the spare tire that we just use in an emergency. Prayer needs to be the steering wheel that drives the car. Is anybody here tonight? Amen. So, so prayer is so vitally important to us. And so we want to look at this pattern and, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to do my best. I've got about 30 minutes to give you this first topic, okay? And the first topic of the six, I wouldn't dare try to cover all six of them in one night. But this first topic of prayer, prayer begins, Jesus in this pattern tells us that prayer begins with adoration and praise and worship. That's how prayer starts. Anytime you go to the Lord in prayer, unless it's just an emergency, you know, there are prayers that are emergency prayers that you throw up. How many knows that? Help! Anybody ever prayed that one? You know, you prayed that prayer before. Jesus! I mean, that's a prayer sometimes. And, 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 and you know, those prayers are answered in times of emergency. But uh, there's a protocol 
to prayer and to going to the Lord in prayer. And Jesus says that it begins with worship. If you'll notice in the pattern and the one in, and I didn't take time to read it, but you know it, you're familiar with it in Matthew 6. In the Matthew 6 pattern, prayer begins, the pattern begins with worship and it ends with worship. And then there's some good stuff in between. But I call that the sandwich effect. I mean, you know, it's like the two pieces of bread and all the meat in the middle. It opens with praise and it ends with praise. So that's the way prayer is. It, it, it should begin with praise. And a lot of our prayer, a lot of our praying and fellowshipping with God should be praise and worship and thanksgiving and adoration to the Lord. Now, do you agree with that? Amen. There's a place to ask. There's a place to get our needs met. There's a place to ask the Lord for things. But we don't just rush into the presence of God and say, my name is Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. All right. That's, that's, that's not the right approach to the Father, right? Amen. So it's got to be prayer beginning with adoration. And Jesus said in Matthew 6 and 9, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So this prayer begins with praise. And it begins by coming into the presence of God and addressing God as our Father. Now, this speaks, when we talk about God being our Father, we're addressing Him. This was something that the Old Testament saints could not address God as. They called Him God and Jehovah was the name that He went by. But there wasn't the relationship. We talked about the difference in Old Covenant and New Covenant prayer. But there wasn't the relationship that we have now. The cross changed everything. Are you listening to me? The cross of Jesus changed everything and gave us a relationship with Almighty God, with the Heavenly Father. So that's the first thing. When we come into prayer, we address God and thank God that we can call Him Father by virtue of and because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now this entire prayer, I know I've heard people say, and I've, I've read books where they said that this prayer is not a new covenant prayer, but it actually is a new covenant prayer because, because everything in this prayer is predicated upon Calvary. It's predicated upon the cross and on the blood of Jesus. You can't call God your father, God your father without the blood of Jesus Christ. God is not everybody's father. Everybody is not in relationship with God. All of, all of this world are not God's creature, are, are not God's children, and uh, God the father of us all. God is only the father of those who have made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life and accepted what he has done on the cross. Amen? Galatians chapter 4 says this in verse uh, number 6. All right, let me see. Galatians chapter 4. Amen. And verse number 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. Notice this in verse 5, that, that we might receive the adoption 
of what? Of sons. And because you are sons... And, and, and daughters, we'll throw that in there. I mean, let's you know, be politically correct. All right? <laughs> you know I'm a long way from being politically correct, don't you? And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The same thing that Jesus prayed in the garden when he said, Abba, Father. And that word Abba is an Aramaic term. It's a term of endearment that the closest thing to we, that we have to that is Papa or Daddy. And so that shows how the closeness that we have or should have with the Heavenly Father. So the Spirit of His Son is in us whereby we are crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, look at verse 7. Wherefore, thou art no more servants but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. That's shouting ground right there. Amen. Praise God. We are children of the Most High God. We have relationship with God. You're talking about, listen, we're talking about the God that created this earth. We're talking about the God that spoke the worlds into existence. We're talking about the God that upholds all things by the word of His power. We're talking about the God who, who hung the earth on nothing and spread the stars in the sky. We're talking about the God who measures the oceans in the palm of His hand and measures the stars with His span. We're talking about the God that weighs the Alps and the Himalayas and the Rockies and, and the Appalachians and all of the mountains in His balance and in His scale. I'm talking about the Almighty God, the Great God, the Most High God, and He, that God, that creator God, the only true and the only living God is my father. I am his son. You are his child because of what Jesus Christ did at Calvary. We can go into the holy place. Oh, I'm about to get excited. This is teaching night. We can go into the presence of the Lord and say, Father, I come to you today and I thank you. And here's the adoration and praise. The very th first thing we need to be doing in prayer is addressing him as father and begin to thank him and praise him that we are in his family and that he has adopted us and that he has made us his sons and daughters because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So that's how we, that's the protocol. That's how we, that, that's the proper protocol of going into the presence of God is with praise and worship. Enter his gates, Psalm 100 and verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Come before his presence, bless his name and give him thanks. So, you know, that's, that's, that's how we approach God is we come into his presence with thanksgiving. Don't come before him griping. Don't come into his presence complaining. Are you listening to me? Come in there, you know, and you're not trying to butter him up. You know, sometimes your kids, you know, remember how your kids would come to you? Oh, Daddy, I sure love you. I really love you, Daddy. What do you want? <laughs> well, that's not the way, that's not what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about praising God not to get something from him, but we're praising him for what 
for what he has already done for us. Come on, amen. You can't praise him enough. If that prayer stopped right there, you couldn't praise him enough for what he's already done for you and giving you the Lord Jesus Christ for the sacrifice of Calvary and what he's done in our hearts and lives. Hey, I got news for you, saints, and we'll get into this later, but thank God, I don't have to go to hell. I, I can go to heaven. I'm gonna walk on streets of gold one of these days. I'm gonna live eternally. Why? Because God has adopted me into his family and made me his very own child. Woo, hallelujah, amen. We have access to that holy place. Hebrews 10, 19 says, by the blood of Jesus, we can come with boldness into the holy place by the blood of Jesus. So, so this is the reason for our worship. The cross is the reason for our worship. The, the, the blood of Jesus is the foundation, the basis of our worship. If you take away the cross and you take away the blood and you take away the sacrifice, you have no reason to worship God. Because if you do away with that, we're, 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 we're lost without that. Amen? I'm going to have to hurry up now. <laughs> Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. That word hallow, to hallow, means to sanctify or to set apart, and it means to praise and to adore. So when, it, when, it, when, when Jesus is saying, when you come to prayer, you, you address God as your Father, and then you begin to hallow the name of the Lord, to set apart, to praise, to adore. We first come into the presence, into His presence, to worship, to love Him, to adore His name. Oh, this is, this is important. This worship will lead you into, into a divine, the divine presence of God and into a place of communion with the Heavenly Father. So you don't want to just rush through this. You want to take some time to hallow the name of the Lord in your, in your time with Him. And you know, well, you know, there's times you may not get past this point in your prayer time. The Holy Spirit may just take over right here and you just may spend the rest of your prayer time worshiping and thanking and glorifying Him for what He's done for you. And that's okay. I said that's okay. But God reveals Himself. This phrase, hallowed be thy name, God reveals Himself and reveals His character in His name. Now, are you getting that? God's name. He reveals His character through His name. And in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, there are eight redemptive names of God in the Old Testament that reveal what the Lord wants to do for us and in us and through us. Those eight redemptive names of Jehovah represent and, are, and, and show us the blessings. They represent the blessings and the benefits that were provided for us through the finished work of Calvary. Now, are you listening to me? 
Those eight redemptive names, and you know what they are, you've heard them before. You know, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Makedesh, Jehovah Shalom, Brother Dan, yeah, Brother Sh- uh, uh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah, uh, Jehovah uh, Shama. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rohi, all these names. There are eight redemptive names that God revealed Himself uh, to His people in the Old Testament. And these names represent, as I said, the benefits that were provided for us at the cross. These eight names correspond also to five major benefits that are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And it's for the benefits. Listen to me. You know, when we talk about, his, when we talk about coming, into his, to, coming into His presence with thanksgiving and praise, we are, just, we are praising Him for these benefits. These benefits that were provided through Calvary are the things that we need to be hallowing His name and praising Him for. Are you with me? You know, we can go in there and people say, well, you just go in there and just, uh, you know, and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's fine and dandy as far as it goes, but you'll get wore out in that for a little bit, after a little bit. We, 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 we go in there to praise the Lord and worship the Lord for in, in a specific area and for something. We're there to hallow His name and to praise Him for what? For the benefits, to thank Him and praise Him for the benefits and the blessings that are ours in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you what. You know, people say, well, I don't have anything to thank God for. You get in that prayer closet and you start focusing on Christ and focusing on Calvary and what Jesus has done for you and I'm telling you you've got so much you can thank you, 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 you you'll run out of time thanking him amen for everything he's done for you you do have something to thank him for because he has done so much for you and everything that's in that atonement everything that's in that finished work everything that he's provided through the blood of Jesus Jesus is yours tonight. And you may not be, uh, you may not have appropriated it in your life, but it's there and it's made available. Well, I don't feel like I got it. Praise Him for what He's done and who He is. Amen. Somebody said, well, do we praise Him for who He is or what He's done? Both. Both. Amen? Hallelujah for who he is and what he's done. I'm glad for who he is. He's my father. I'm glad Jesus is the Lord of my life, but for what he's done for us. Oh, I, I, gotta, I gotta move on. Amen? So these benefits, there are five, there are five benefits that are, that are manifested and that are revealed in these redemptive names of God. And they cover five vital areas of our life. They cover the area, they cover the area of sin, the area of the spirit, the area of soundness, the area of success, and the area of security. Those are the five areas they cover. So let's look at these five benefits. The very first name, the first one is we praise Him and hallow His name and praise Him when we go before His presence 
for the forgiveness of sin and for the deliverance from the dominion of sin. Amen. This is the first area we begin to thank and praise God for. And His name, one of the redemptive names of God in the Old Testament is the name Jehovah Sid Canoe. Jehovah Sid Canoe. Amen. And uh, that name, does anybody know what that name means? Jehovah Sid Canoe is, is, a, is a name that was given in Jeremiah chapter 23. And it means the Lord our righteousness. The Lord our righteousness. So when you are in prayer and you hallow the name of the Lord Jehovah Sid Canoe, you praise Him and you thank Him and you adore Him because of the fact that through the blood of Jesus you have received forgiveness of sin and you have received and been made the righteousness of God through the Lord Jesus Christ and through His blood. That name Jehovah Sid Canoe reveals, reveals God providing redemption by which we can be fully and have been fully restored to God. Are you listening to me? Oh, I tell you what, this is something to get excited about because God has provided through the Lord Jesus Christ His righteousness for you and I. Amen. It's been provided through the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Man in his fallen state is, 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 the Bible said there is none righteous, no, not one. And you know what? There's not enough good stuff you can do. Some people get a little self-righteous and think they're better than other people. But I'm going to tell you there's nothing good that you can do. Nothing in your hand that you can bring simply to the cross. You better claim. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. There's no righteousness. Our own righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags before the side of God. There's nothing that, that there's nothing we can do right. Come back Sunday and listen to me preach about the Pharisees. I can't hardly wait. But there's nothing we can do to cleanse ourselves or make ourselves righteous. But I tell you what, through what Jesus did at the cross, God has provided for us His righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 tells us that he who knew no sin was made sin or made a sin offering for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Can you say amen? Christ died for us. He gave His life, the just for the unjust just that he might bring us to God and I'm so glad that he has listen to me listen to me on the basis not on anything that I've done not on anything that you have done but on the basis of my faith in what Jesus did at Calvary I stand before you today washed and cleansed and purified and holy by the blood of Jesus Christ hallelujah all my past is gone. Amen. Well, what if you've done something you shouldn't have done or said something you shouldn't have said or thought something you shouldn't have thought? Well, if that happens, I just immediately say, Oh, Father, I am so sorry I missed it. Please forgive me. And instantaneously, without begging him or pleading with him, just instantaneously, the blood of Jesus Christ washes that thing away and I go right on home walking in the righteousness of God. Amen? 
Don't you let the devil condemn you. Don't you let the devil tell you, oh, well, you're just no good. You're just no good. I'm telling you what, you are a son and daughter of God. You've been clothed in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the Lord God looks at you, he sees a daughter, a son. He sees somebody that has been cleansed and washed by his holy, precious blood. And all my sins, all my sins are gone. Hallelujah. Woo, that's something to praise him and thank him for. Jehovah said, canoe, you are the Lord, my righteousness, and every morning in prayer, I tell him that. I say, Lord, I thank you that you picked me up and washed me off and brought me out and gave me your righteousness. It's supposed to be Bible study. I gotta calm down. I get on some of these, some topics just excite me. Somebody would say, I think all topics, preacher, excite you. But we hallow his name and we worship him, that he has forgiven us of our sins, that he has imputed and imparted to us his righteousness, given us his, his right standing. I have a right to come before God now. A right that Jesus purchased for me at the cross. He took my guilt. He took my shame. He took my sin. And he gave me his spotless robe of righteousness. I don't know about you, but I got the best deal of that. I got, what a deal is that? I, I got the best deal there. Hallelujah. And so did you. But then the, the second name is Jehovah Makedish or Makedish. However you want to say it, I'll ask the Lord we'll get to heaven. Did I say that right or was it supposed to be something else? But anyway, Jehovah Makedish is in Leviticus 20 and 8 and is the Lord who sanctifies. He revealed himself to us as our sanctifier. Come on, somebody. Somebody said, you know, how, how do I sanctify myself? There ain't no way you can sanctify yourself. Only way you can sanctify yourself, you got to get in under the blood of Jesus Christ and let him sanctify you and cleanse you and purify you. But there's not only forgiveness of sin, but Jehovah Makedish, the Lord, our sanctification, our sanctifier, this tells us that not only is there forgiveness from sin, but there is also, through the cross of Christ, deliverance from sin's dominion. Now listen to me. Oh, hallelujah. You know, it would be a sad thing if the Lord just forgave us, but still left us under the power and the stronghold of sin, that we couldn't control our actions, that we couldn't live for Him. And there's a lot of people today that do struggle with living for Him, but they haven't learned the key. And the key is, the key is realizing that what Jesus did for you at Calvary broke the power and the dominion of sin, and at the cross when Jesus Jesus was crucified, you were crucified with him. Your old man was crucified with him and buried with him. And you've been raised up today, a brand new man, a brand new woman, a child of God. And you're freed from the power and the control and the dominion of sin. We don't have time to get into Romans 6 tonight, but in Romans 6 it's laid out it's laid out pretty specifically in Romans 6. Romans 6, he said, you know, that uh, 
that sin, 6 and 14, he said, that sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are under the, you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Amen. As many have as have have, have died with Christ or have been baptized into his death, have been crucified with him. The old man is dead. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Not I, but it's not I that live, it's Christ living in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live how? By the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The victory over sin is in the blood. I said the victory over sin is in the blood. You don't have to be bound up by sin. You don't have to be bound up by habits. You don't have to be bound up by addictions. Once you come to Jesus Christ, there's freedom and victory and deliverance from sin's power. He is Jehovah Makadesh, the Lord who sanctifies thee. Woo! Freedom from sin. So in prayer, you're thanking him. You're hallowing his name. Are you getting it? You're thanking and praising him for the benefits of Calvary and what he has done for you at the cross. He's forgiven me and he's broken the powers of sin in my life so that I can live free, free, free from sin. Amen? But then the second benefit is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Two of those names fall into this category. Jehovah Shalom, Brother Dan, Jehovah Shalom, which is the Lord our peace, Judges 6.24. And then Jehovah Shama in Ezekiel 48.35, which is, this is the very last verse in the book of Ezekiel. The Lord is there. Thank God that He is our Shalom, Jehovah Shalom. He's the Lord our peace. That word peace means, Shalom means wholeness. It means harmony with God, contentment and satisfaction in life. And the atonement, the atonement is the basis of our peace. The Bible says in, the, in, in Isaiah 53 that the chastisement of our peace, our peace with God was upon Him. Amen. Jesus suffered so, so much for you at Calvary so that when you accept that sacrifice, you are no longer at enmity with God. You are, oh, you are, you know, what happened when, when he died, when he died on the cross and gave up the ghost and said, it is finished, there was a great earthquake and two great big old hands reached up and grabbed that veil of the temple that, that, that four yoke of oxen couldn't pull apart and ripped that thing open from the top to the bottom and exposed the Holy of Holies. And what God was saying when Jesus said, it is finished, what God was saying now, I ain't dwelling in here no more. Amen. Nobody's barred from here anymore because now I can come because peace has been made between you and God. Now the Holy Spirit has moved out. The presence of God has moved out of the Holy Holies and they have found a brand new home and he lives in me. He lives in me. Hallelujah. I feel like this is Sunday morning. It's just Wednesday night. Some people have little coffee meetings on Wednesday night. We're having church. Yeah. Whoo! Help me, Jesus. So because of that peace, 
Now Jehovah, because of Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. And that word Shama means the overflowing, ever-present one. The overflowing, ever-present one. And this is the promise of His presence. And so it's because of Calvary, because our sins are forgiven, because, we, because of that, because we've been given His righteousness, because of the blood, now we can be filled and flooded with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, this is, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit, is this body he lives in me. He lives in you. Oh, how awesome is that? And He's promised never to leave us and never to forsake us. So you're never alone. So in your prayer time, you're thanking Him. Thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Shammah. You are Jehovah Shalom. You have given me peace, made peace through the cross, and filled me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. Amen, I'm, and I'm just trying to hurry, but you get the idea. Don't, don't rush through that. Linger in the presence of God as you thank Him for His presence in you. Whew. You know, don't let, you know, sometimes the devil tries to make you feel unworthy. You're in prayer. And it makes you feel unworthy, but my, 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 my. You can just tell him, get on out of this prayer room. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. When you begin to worship God and hallow his names and begin to praise him like this right here, they, that, the devil can't stand around and hang around in that prayer room very long. He's got to, he's got to hit the road, Jack, and ain't come back no more, no more. Woo. Thank you, Lord, for the comforting, strengthening power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, for the fullness and the overflowing of your Spirit. But number three, number three is the benefit of soundness. Talking about hallowing His name. And this is the name found in Exodus 15, 26. I talk about it a lot. The name Jehovah Rapha. The name Jehovah Rapha. And Jehovah Rapha means, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Amen. There it is right there. That last phrase, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. That word Rapha means to restore, to cure, to heal physically, spiritually, and morally. It's healing, as I mentioned Sunday. It's healing for the complete man, for the total man. And so as we're coming into the presence of the Lord and we're hallowing His name, this is one of the names of the Lord that I definitely spend some time thanking God for and hallowing, hallowing before Him is that He is my healer. That He is my... Thank you, Father that you are the Lord my healer. And how can, I, how, how can I do that? Because of the atonement of Christ. I said these redemptive names were benefits and blessings that have been provided. They were given to Israel, but now they have been, they have been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The name Jesus is, He is our Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth us. Amen. I preached about it Sunday morning, the stripes that He took on His back and how that He was beaten and whipped and by those stripes we are healed. We are healed, as I 
said, spiritually, morally, uh, uh, and physically as well. It's all in the atonement. That is our basis for receiving healing. And I praise Him every morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But Brother Rick, do you ever get sick? Now listen, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not opposed to doctors. I'm not opposed to medicine. You all know that. I have to make a disclaimer. Do you ever get sick? And, and I have to answer, there are times. But, but, but listen to me. Listen to me. I'm not bragging. I'm not saying anything this about me. But I can tell you this. Vicki and myself, either one, are, are sick very little, even in the wintertime. We, very little. Why, why do you think that is? Is it because I'm such a holy person? No, 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 no. But I believe that one of the reasons is that every single day I get in the presence of the Lord and I worship my Father and I thank Him, Lord, You are my healer. And I thank You for the stripes of Jesus. And I thank You that by those stripes that You have paid for and purchased the healing of my body. Amen. My wife, you know, she's been going through an issue with her kidneys and every day I'm saying thank you, Lord, that you're Vicky's Jehovah Rapha and that you are her healer. Hallelujah. I praise him. I hallow his name. It's all in the blood of the Lamb of God. Woo. My Lord, I'm telling you what now, I'm having fun. I don't know about anybody else. Believers, you and I, we must take a stand against sickness and not give in to it or succumb to it. Amen. Sister Dorothy, you do that. You keep praising Him every day. Lord, you're my Jehovah Rapha. You're the Lord, my healer. Two more and I'll be done, okay? Are you all in a hurry? Time is it? Getting a little bit past time, but hang on. (laughs) Praise God. Boy, I hope I, I hope I get to preach in heaven. I hope I get to preach in heaven. Because I'm going to take about the first sermon. It's going to be about 5,000 years. I'm going to just take about 5,000 years. Glory to God. Whew, glory, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. But the fourth benefit is what, uh, what we call success. And it's freedom. It's freedom from the curse of the law. It's Jehovah Jireh. In Genesis chapter 22, Jehovah Jireh. After Abraham, you know, went to sacrifice Isaac. And he said, you know, Isaac said, well, there's the wood and there's the fireworks, the sacrifice. And Abraham said, the Lord will, will provide himself a sacrifice. And he built an altar there when God did provide the sacrifice and called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. And it means the Lord who provides, or the Lord's provision shall be seen. And it's, listen, listen, everything, everything that you need in this life. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that God will make you rich or make you a millionaire, although I think everybody in this place, you know, we we in America classify being rich a lot different than they do in a third world country. Isn't that right? Amen. To to the people in Uganda where I went, I'm wealthy. I'm rich to them. 
but I, here in America, I ain't rich, amen? But in God, I am rich. And you know what I believe rich is? If you've got a full supply, if your needs are provided for, if you're not going hungry, if you've got food on your table, you've got a nice bed to sleep in at night, you've got some good air condition, amen? I'm gonna tell you what, I slept in some places over in Uganda that I didn't have no air condition and slept under mosquito nets. And I was glad to get back home and get in a good soft bed and some, and some air condition. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But, but if you've got the, we got nice cars and vehicles to drive. We're not too many of us walking anywhere. We, what else could we want for? We've got a beautiful church to worship God. We've got nice padded seats to sit on, amen. Some of the nicest churches in Uganda I preached in use those plastic lawn chairs that we can get at Walmart for a buck a piece. And they had blue ones for their special guests. I got to sit in a blue one and everybody else sat in a white one. Come on, somebody. But I'm telling you, we've got a nice place to worship God. We are rich. Are you listening to me? We are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. A lot more than we deserve to be blessed. So that's what I'm talking about. We have been provided for it. So every day, I thank him and praise him. You're my Jehovah Jireh. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your supply. Thank you that at Calvary, Lord, that everything that I need that pertains to life and godliness is provided through Jesus. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, shall not he also with him freely give us all things. That's provision. Hallelujah. 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 All right. Last of all, Jehovah, that's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That's another message. I got a whole series of messages on that. Another time, another place. But last of all, when you're in His presence, you've praised Him and worshipped Him for these, these benefits and blessings, hallowing His name. And the last one is security. Yeah. It's the redemptive names Jehovah Nisi, that is in Exodus 15 or 17:15, which means the Lord our banner, and Jehovah Rohi, which is in Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Rohi. So the Lord is our banner, and the banner is a standard. It's an ensign. It's a, it was raised, the banner was raised up as a sign of victory. And I don't have time to go into it, but read that 17th chapter of the book of Exodus. And it was the battle of, of Joshua and his army, God's army against the Amalekites. But they defeated them. That's when Moses had his hands up and Aaron on one side and her on the other side. When his hands went down, they lost one hand. You know the story. And praise God, they won the battle. They defeated Amalek, who was and is a type of the flesh. And they defeated them and built an altar and called it Jehovah 
Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. It was, a, it was an ensign that was raised up as a sign of victory. God had given them victory in their life. And I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, that Jesus Christ is our banner of redemption. The cross is the banner that we hold high. It's the banner of our, of our warfare and victory in warfare that's been lifted up on the cross of Calvary. Jesus is our victory tonight. Can I get an amen in this house? He is the total victor. Can I tell you that Jesus is the overcomer? He has conquered the death, hell, and the grave. He has conquered the world. He has conquered the powers of the world. And Jesus said, in this world you shall have tribulation. But he said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Don't get down in the mouth because I have already overcome the world. Jesus has defeated the powers of darkness. I'm telling you what, we've been fighting some battles with those slew foot. But I'm standing here declaring tonight that 2,000 years ago at the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ put his heel on the serpent's head and crushed him and defeated him and destroyed his power over my life. And I lift up Jehovah Nisi. You are my victory through the blood of the Lord Jesus. Woo! Thank him for that. I could preach on that all night, but it's Wednesday and y'all have to work tomorrow. Jehovah Rohi then, talking about security, safety, blessing. The Lord, David said, is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in the green pasture. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yea, though I walk through. Is anybody here? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou, the good shepherd, are with me. I don't care how dark the valley is. I don't care how deep the valley is. The good shepherd, Jehovah, Jehovah Rohi, my shepherd, is walking with me and he will take care of you and me. He's there for us everywhere we go. Those old wolves come in. You know, sometimes the shepherd, the shepherd, the shepherd protects the flock from the wolves. And these times I got to get between you and the wolf. But the good shepherd will lay his life down for the sheep. But the hireling will cash in his chips and run on down the road to find another church. I want you to know something. I'm standing here between you and the wolves tonight as your shepherd and our great shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, is standing for us tonight and he will bring us through the valley of the shadow of death. Woo, come on and let's praise. Let's all stand up and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, singers, singers, musicians, come on back. Let's praise the Lord. Uh, see, here it is. This is sometimes in prayer. I'll get to this Jehovah. 
Jehovah Rohi, I'll get to the Lord my shepherd. And I've had a whole prayer time on that. Oh, Lord, I thank you that you're my shepherd. I thank you that you're leading me. I thank you that I'm your sheep and you're my shepherd and your sheep hear your voice and I'm following you and you're leading me today in the paths of righteousness. So you listen. I thank you, I thank you that you were with me. This is just the first part of this prayer pattern. It's entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Amen? Hallowed be thy name. Oh, we ain't even got to thy kingdom come, thy will be done yet. Hallelujah! We ain't even got to give us this day our daily bread. We're just right now entering into the throne room of grace and worshiping Him for who He is and what He has done for us through Jesus and His shed blood. They're going to sing. We're going to sing something here. And we're going to rejoice in the Lord tonight. Is anybody as happy as I am? Woo, Jesus.